smooth, milky ear milk that that you just got was a song that Justin Mitchell is working on. And he is also a guest on the podcast right now. We have Justin Mitchell here. We have Jeff Hughes back again. Thank Mr. you, my friend. Hell yeah. And Justin? Oh, also thank you. Oh, thank you. That's right. <laughs> and uh, this is this is very awesome. This is the first time me and Justin are in person together. We're uh, testing out the beautiful, awesome fucking microphone that he uh, gifted to me. And uh, we have Mr. Jeff calling in on a Skype call. So everything is dope. And I think we're going to have a really good time out here. Yeah, and Isaiah, with that being said... If you started the podcast a minute before, the only person you really were uh, secretly sabotaging would be me sitting, here, <laughs> sitting next to each other. I don't know if he actually saw me hit clip uh, or he saw he saw me hit record. I did not. Okay. <laughs> See, I, I'm a ninja, dog. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. Just real quick. So every time I'm like driving in the car or something on on the way to a um, on the way to a, one of my shows or something, I I listen to to Pandora stand-up comedy and I have it on I've had it on Joey Diaz for the past like couple weeks and I found myself just talking like him all the time <laughs> he is a very contagious person he's, he's saying you know, like a doctor like a doctor <laughs> dude it's it, to, to say the least it got so it's to the point where um, on the last podcast I don't know if you heard it I told I told a story about how I got kicked out and banned from a venue and I can mm. pretty much say it's all his fault. <laughs> <laughs> like, without a doubt. Because, you know, I just got really drunk and belligerent, and I had a really good set. And then uh, I started hosting, and it just all went downhill from there. But last night, and, and it got to the point where I don't even remember some of the, the things that I didn't said. But I saw the guy that hosted uh, the show. He, like, sets the show up, and I saw him for the first time uh, last night since it happened. And um, he told me he told me that I was going up on stage and introducing the next people because I was uh, you know I was hosting it. All right, hold on, <coughs> I'm dying, dog. <coughs> uh oh, he's dude point guarding this fucking cat. So he um uh, yeah sorry. So he just told me for the first time uh, uh, yesterday that I was going up and I I, I, went, I would go up there to introduce the next guy and I'd be like all right introducing the next cocksucker right and then he was like he, he said he was standing in the back and he's like really Isaiah cocksucker and I yelled back to him yeah Michael cocksucker <laughs> and he's like he's like this isn't gonna end up well and it didn't because I ended up getting kicked out not because of that but because it was like it, I, there ended up being a confrontation with the last uh, the last person on the mic or doing the open mic it wasn't it's not an open mic it's a show but there was a confrontation and then eh whatever <laughs> don't it's oh. everything's everything's gravy I didn't it, it wasn't physical or anything I was just being loud and obnoxious and I'm sorry for what I did and it, I think in all it, I did it because again I, 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 yeah so we wait were, but do you think that guy's sorry for what he did no so then you shouldn't be sorry because what he did was he came in and he he uh, he was the last person on the show and we were over by 30 we were supposed to be out of there by 8 30. And I started hosting the show, and we were already starting to, like, we had a lot of people left, and we were going to be cutting it close already. And then, uh, so I, I was really astute with getting people up and out, like, on time, calling their time and getting them off stage and whatnot. 
And so this last guy goes up, and he had a 10-minute set, and I light him at 9 minutes, and I start walking up the stage at 10 minutes, you know, get him off, because now it's 8.45. We were supposed to be out by 8.30 because there's another show at 9, and they got to set up, right? So you don't want to anger the venue. It's the second time we've been there. It's a really nice venue. It's like this little bar. It's like a sidebar to like a really nice restaurant. So we don't, we don't want to anger them because we want to come back. And um, uh, so it's like 8.45 and I'm walking this guy off stage and he starts giving me shit. Now, granted, by this time, I've already walked a couple other people off stage. I've been a dick. But again, we're over, we're over time by like 15 minutes. And, um, you know, what I was doing wasn't wrong. It was just how I was doing it by, you know, walking up to the stage. And he's like, this kid over here, he's trying to walk me off stage. He's like, this is so unprofessional. He's like, I'm here for so-and-so. He's like, you guys are just... You know, he's all these open micers out here. He's like, I'm the only paid comedian. And then he said something to me, and I just yelled. Like, he was still on stage, and I was just like, fucking blow me, right? (laughs) (laughs) It was just fucking, it was all bad. It was stupid. Like, I was acting stupid. Uh, I was doing the right thing, but I was doing it stupidly, right? Right, yeah. A little belligerent, maybe. Just a little, just a little bit. But you learn your lesson, you get kicked out of a venue or two. Thank you, Joey. But, um... Yeah, it's yeah. a savage lifestyle. It's a savage lifestyle, Doug. Yeah, there's other venues, but hell yeah. So what was this um, this this Joey Acid Church you were talking about? Uh, Joey, he has a podcast called Church of What's Happening Now. Yeah, I think he does it like twice a week. Hell yeah. I try to catch up with it as much as I can, but the one I saw was Acid Church, where he took uh, uh, Eddie Bravo and Ari Shafir and. His sidekick on the show, I forget his name at the moment, that <laughs> produces the podcast, and he dosed them all with acid, right. including himself, and okay. then put them on a three-hour podcast. So it was uh, pretty entertaining. And how did that? Least. How did it go? Did they, like now? Did they take it right at the high, right at the top, like of the of the podcast, or did they take it a couple hours before starting? The podcast? No, they they took it shortly before pressing record. So oh, it slowly like starts to fall apart. Really? You know, halfway through, they have trouble just holding on. They get distracted. I think at one point, a couple of them are just laying in the, on the floor. And, um, <laughs> it, it was quite entertaining. That sounds very entertaining. That sounds it's, very. It, very it seems almost, seems like something right up your right up your alley. I'd love to watch that. <laughs> or do that. Or do that. <laughs> Would you be on that podcast, Justin? I'd be on that podcast. Justin would be on that podcast. Oh, you hear me blowing my nose, dude. All this yeah. allergies. I don't, I don't even have allergies. My just nose just won't stop running. So, what have you... Uh, you said you just moved jobs, Mr. Jesse? Same, same job, new position. Really? Cool. Yep, just you know, moved into the, the white shirt, don't get dirty category. But still in the same business, the business of uh, tower cranes and and uh, temporary construction elevators on new high-rise construction in the Miami area. That's that's so dope. There's yeah, a, lot of, a lot of building going on down there. It's kind of insane right now. Um, the market is on fire down here. There's we're building these multi-million-dollar condo buildings, like they're going out of style. It's it's crazy. They're not it's going mostly, out of style. mostly <laughs> they're not going out of style. Mostly international buyers, which I find interesting. Really, like where where internationally are a they coming from? A lot of South American buyers. Really? And a lot of Middle Eastern. Yeah, well, that's what, that's I'm what I mostly expected. Yeah, Dubai. 
Yeah, is that Middle East? I, don't I think know. Dubai is in the Middle East. That seems about right. South America, it's Brazil, Colombia, Peru. There's a lot of buyers, and I'm not, I'm not even sure where the money's coming from. I would suspect probably a lot of it, maybe some shady goings on, but yeah, probably. Know. We don't know anything, man. But it's uh, it's amazing that they all um, sit empty for a old while. school telephone. Old that's school. not good. That's not good, hey, Doug. That's either Let me like step away a superhero. Well, yeah, his, his red phone is bringing. He he did mention earlier that he's got some work stuff. If they ended up calling, that's that's gonna. He'll have to take the call because it's work drama. Oh man, that's podcast worthy. That's podcasting right there. Oh I know. my god, dude. So Justin, there was yes. a question that I wanted to ask you the last time we were uh, we did a podcast together, and you were talking about cigars, and um, the 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 conversation just happened to move past it, and I didn't want to backtrack and kind of mess up the entire flow, but I really wanted to uh, ask you. Just very generally, like you gave us a lot of really cool information about how the filler of tobaccos is eh, and it's really all about the wraps on the tobacco and the leaf and whatnot that really give it the flavor and the characteristics of what you're going to be smoking. But I wanted to, to ask, let's say, let's say we walk into, I walk into a cigar shop and I've never smoked a cigar before. What are some do's and don'ts so that I don't look like a complete and utter jackass amateur? Like what? What are some things like that people might think you want to do, but don't do this, don't do that kind of thing. That's like, how question. do you just seem like you you want to be humble in that you 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 know you're like yeah I don't know a lot, but you just don't want to be a complete. Yeah, <laughs> I think the first thing would be is that if it's uh, one of your first times, mm-hmm. is let them cut it for you. Okay. Because if you cut it too little, mm-hmm. uh, then it won't pull properly, and then if you cut it too much. Uh, it'll fray up. You get a bunch of tobacco in your mouth, and that's not... It's, it's <coughs> miserable. So, um, yeah, let them cut it for you. The other thing is, um, you could be just humble and just explain to them that you don't you don't really know how to light one. Uh, a lot of places will offer to light them for you. Um, and that's... I never let them do it. It's frustrating for me, because, you know, you have to, you have to cook it first, kind of like I was talking about, like, get it kind of black some parts are embered mm-hmm. and then you put it to your mouth and, and actually start lighting it and puffing on it so a lot of places are higher end and they'll hand you the cigar you'll put it in your mouth and then they'll hold a lighter out and they'll want you to do that and if it's your first time it's just gonna it's not gonna work so just tell them either that you don't know how to light it or that you'd rather do it yourself as far as like actually picking a cigar like we well, yeah what are some terms and stuff some some ways that people generally ex- or describe cigars that you don't want to go in there and be like, ah, I want a fruity finish. <laughs> right? Yeah, I guess not. Um, for me, when I first went in, the first time I ever asked for a cigar, I told them that I wanted something medium body and medium flavor, right? Because there's body and flavor. I don't know if I like full. I don't know if I like mild. So... <laughs> That's just what I asked for. And most places, they'll be really cool about helping you out. Um, I think that, you know, my friend Pat's a good example. He was going away, and I got him just a sick cigar as a going away present. It was a Maduro. It was an anniversary Padron. These things are, like, not cheap. They're nice. <laughs> They're These things nice. ain't cheap, dog. And the, in, he ended up getting uh, what they call cigar sickness. Really? Right? Yeah, man. And what is, what is that? 
So cigar sickness, you get nauseous. Uh, sometimes you get like sweats. Some people get like upset stomach, like diarrhea. And it's just because the cigar is so strong. And so either if you haven't eaten, if you're not properly hydrated, or if you're not used to the nicotine levels, because you do get them in your mouth even though you're not inhaling. And uh, so here I am trying to do something nice for him, and he was like miserable afterwards. Yeah, so I would start off light. Um, there's a lot of brands that you can go for. I would go for something with just like uh, a natural uh, wrapper, like um, like Padron makes all different types. That's something you can find in any cigar shop. They're like the Mac Daddy. Mm-hmm. Just get like a natural wrapper. You know, don't spend more than ten bucks. Spend like between six and ten. If you spend less than six, it's not gonna be that great. Just honestly, it's just like not. a big cigarette. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I got um, a question. Yeah. How many people come into the cigar shop and say, "Hey, what's the best one to uh, rip open and fill with something else?" A lot of people. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Nobody does that. I would be there has to be at least somebody, though, right? You know, I don't think so because like, if you're rolling, a, if you're rolling, a, you're rolling a blunt. Like, do you really care about what's on the outside? Because in your hand, honestly, no, no. Now I think no, about it, you would throw up. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, well, I would I just. Say, I used to always use um Garcia Vega Elegantes. You know those. No, I don't, but it sounds it's like, really it's like fancy. A green, it's, like, it's like a green leafed wrapper that you can you can unroll the, the leaf, and then inside there's like a, a tobacco paper that you use that to roll it, and then you still get the, the leaf wrapper on the outside, and it actually, you know, it tasted pretty, pretty good. good. But it yeah, probably tastes pretty right. good. Yeah, yeah, it's talking about, and you got those all the way up in Philly? Yes. Yes. What were they called? Garcia Vega was the brand and uh this type of cigar was an elegante elegante okay i thought it was gonna be elegante but i thought i made that up <laughs> you know what i mean like i thought i just heard it wrong it like, like elegante that does sound like but, something you completely make up but just to like to finally answer your question i think that just like anything is being humble and not being afraid to be new to something mm-hmm. and just going in there and asking questions and then like I always likened to it when I first started drinking craft beer. I would only drink stouts or porters. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't like IPAs. I saw hey, that, me like a dogfish that's ninety. Me right now. Really, man. Yeah. See, yeah, I remember when I first started. Someone gave me like a dogfish ninety minute. I was like, ugh, what is this? You know. And so you just experiment, and eventually, like things you used to not like might be things that you look for. And you just right practice, experience it. Don't be, don't be afraid to do something new. I really um, like I choose I choose stouts and porters. I don't I'm not a, I'm not adverse to the is that the is that the right word? Yeah, yeah. To <laughs> thanks thanks <laughs> to drinking IPAs. Like I I'll, I'll drink an IPA and I really enjoy them. I think I just enjoy like the the coffee nutty kind of flavors that you get with ports and porters and stouts. Yeah, and sometimes the IPAs give me heartburn. You know, it's really? like hey point guard on this cat dog. He's gonna jump on my computer. <laughs> You gotta get the ass right. You gotta give them a spritz. <laughs> but I also enjoy that the, the the porters and stouts you usually can find uh, pretty high in alcohol. Oh yeah, that's true. It's like eating a fucking alcohol cake, dog. <laughs> Chocolate alcohol. Chocolate cake. alcohol cake. Right now, me and me and uh, me and Justin are drinking the new Belgian Ranger. It's smoky India. like peat moss. Mm. What? Yeah, that's what <laughs> Is that what they say? No, that's what I say. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I like it. There's there's two uh, uh, beers like that 
when it's like summertime and I'm grilling outside, you know, like cooking burgers and steaks for everybody, I get two beers. I get the uh, Lost Coast Indica. Mm-hmm. It has like Ganesh, whatever the elephant is. Ooh. On the front cover. And then Ranger, which has like hops in the little hat, hat, right? Right. So when you alternate those, the Indica is like super fruity and then the Ranger is super smoky. So I keep trading them off. Ooh, child. Ooh, child. Ooh, Ooh. child. That's how you know, dog. Uh, Do you ever visit Cigar City? Uh, No, I'm embarrassed. I never actually went there. I mean, I had their beers, but no, I never visited. Yeah, I have a cousin who's like obsessed with craft beer, and when we moved down here, he had to take me. We took the whatever it was, three-hour drive from here to go over there, and had to go there. It was good. I've never, I've never been. I've never heard of it. The craft beer bar by my house, they do an annual bus trip up there, and they just let you get super sloppy and then fall asleep <laughs> on the ride home. <laughs> That's right. They're gonna wake you up. They gotta walk right. down the aisle, wake everybody up. Yeah, but I never did it. I mean, I'm sure it's cool. I've been to uh... a... My bad, dog. The cat got got through. Got through. As long as he just sleeps back there, he'll be alright. That's just fine. But yeah, dude, I heard just the other day that that I never knew Tampa is called Cigar City because it used to have the oldest, um, I guess, cigar factory. And I don't know, ever? (laughs) <laughs> all right when did cigars come out <laughs> okay it is it is called cigar city but i think it's because uh they just had like a pro- a prevalence of uh people manufacturing hey man whatever bullshit tv show i was watching said otherwise <laughs> all right i just typed in cigars i want to see when cigars let's see okay does anybody want to take a bet what's the over under on when cigars originated the oh year? man that's hard to say because what is cigar I would say maybe like like I don't know mid eighteen hundreds. I don't know either. I would I would think a little earlier for some reason. I yeah, but I was like, what is a cigar? Because I would then say it could the be colonial, forever. Yeah, well, a tobacco wrapped in a tobacco leaf is is that what, what you consider a cigar? Because so, I would say that goes way back. Well, yeah, and I think it is. I think I'm, what I'm seeing here is it's pretty old so a cigar this is what wikipedia says a cigar is a tightly rolled bundle of dried and fermented tobacco leaf rolled in a series of types and sizes that is ignited so that its smoke may be drawn into the mouth right that seems pretty uh i'll buy it (coughs) i'll buy it yeah four dollars the origins of cigar smoking are still unknown oh nice in Guatemala, a ceramic pot dating back to the 10th century features a Mayan smoking tobacco leaves. Yeah, I tied. was going to say that it probably predates written history. Yeah, yeah, I agree. People like getting that nicotine, dog. Yes, son. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know I do because of Mikey Anati, you jerk. <laughs> <laughs> Guys. That, that uh, pre, prehistory makes me think of something, though. Did you see that they found some humanoid writing from over 200,000 years ago uh give me more (laughs) there's a stone with pictures inscribed on it and they're able to date it past 200,000 years old so it's it could be considered art but it's definitely someone inscribing a image on a rock I'll have to pull up the the actual story but I saw I saw whoa whoa All right, I got New York Times here, Mm -hmm. right on. Baffling, four 
Is this this might be it? Baffling four hundred thousand year old clue to human origins. Sounds right. Is it a stone with images? Nope. <laughs> it's, just, <laughs> it's immediately talking about DNA and shit like that. I don't want that. Oh, incredible! Um, Rosé stone reveals two hundred thousand year old writing. Holy shit! It's the next one down. That sounds like it. Uh oh! Wow! Incredible! Holy shit! What am I looking at here? This just the incredible. How do I? How would I? How would you say this, Justin? What does it say? How would you say that? Rosu Rosu Stone. Oh man, good luck. Is that Rosu? It's R O S E A U. I would say Rosé, just because it sounds fancy. I know. I want to say Rosu. All right, I'm gonna go with you. I cave. Dude, it was discovered in Minnesota. <laughs> Yeah, it, which is even raises even more questions. I know, like, what? <laughs> like, yeah, all those questions you have. Exactly. We're, we're not supposed to. We're not supposed to have advanced humans on this uh, continent until after they walked across the. You know the. Um, That's right. That's accurate. The Bering Strait. The Bering, yeah, I forget what they, they call that there. There's a the name land for bridge. the... Uh, yeah, that's the yeah. Bering Strait. It's yeah, kind of, yeah. I don't remember. Yeah, it turns yeah, into the a land, land bridge. bridge. So, so this predates those people. So there was something going on in North America that we had absolutely no record of at all. Right. So basically this stone here is predating the, ev- uh, uh, the, the fossil evidence of the, like the oldest fossil evidence that we have of... Uh, humans in their in their current form, so like a, a Homo sapien, right? Yep. So I think the oldest one we have is like 198,000 year old skeletal fossil, and and that is just that's the exact same species of that 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 person could be transported forward in time to where we are now. We could and and live a normal life like you wouldn't know any difference. We can mate with them. You wouldn't be you wouldn't have sterile offspring or anything goofy like that. Um, but. The fact that this there's writing and I haven't even dude this is this is the stone does not only reveal several ancient civilizations from across the sea visited North America in prehistoric times, but also that our ancestors were familiar with writing. Dude, this is bananas. The story is incredible. Stone, holy shit. Yeah, it, things just keep getting older and older, and we keep. You know, we really have to question what our history books are saying right now. Actually, that's even crazier because uh, I knew about, like, the mound building, uh, different types of communities that lived uh, through, like, the Midwest. And that's the 16th through the 19th centuries. Uh, that's that's crazy. That is significantly after significantly what they're done. finding. That's crazy. Like, this is, yeah, this is right around, th- th- this stone is right around... When they think humans were like first stepping foot on onto Earth, you know, right? Is- and you you know that that two hundred thousand year old Homo sapien date. Um, we've talked about Michael Tellinger before, right? That the guy in South Africa who says he found the the birthplace of Homo sapien. It was created oh, yeah. by the god Anki, right? Who you know it was a lot of that was written in Zachariah Sitchin's books. You know, and um, there was like some something of Adam or something that that he found. Yeah, he he calls it Adam's calendar because he says that the the Anunnaki came down and they actually genetically modified beings that were already here, and then there they were some screw ups. So about two hundred thousand years ago, they flooded the planet, kind of reset everything, and 
created the modern day Homo sapiens you, right. through genetic engineering. And according to that story, there was a lot of things going on on this planet prior to that, prior oh. to two hundred thousand years ago. It's just there's there's so much down that rabbit hole that honestly I've I've kind of so so was it who is it is it Zachariah or Michael Michael um, <clears throat> Tellinger. Who, Michael Tellinger has updated a lot of Zachariah Sitchin's ideas. Okay, so they basically are in the same vein that we were a modified race to collect some kind of special type of gold? Yeah, that's some of the theories. Yep. I, I believe that's Tellinger's. That so theory. it's like, okay, so we were, because, <clears throat> and it's to collect a special type of gold that's found, like, in micro amounts in, like, the ocean or something, right? Yeah, and I, I think they call it. Ormus, right? Is that right? Have you heard that before? I think it's called Ormus, and it's like uh, they they put it into a into a powder, and then they're able to drink it, and it, uh, it enhances your consciousness. It do, it does all kind. Of, it, it activates the pineal gland in at least in humans, apparently. But that's strange. <laughs> that's strange, <laughs> dude. There's, I okay. I have so. I'm not saying. There's not something completely unknown and radical and crazy going on. That is without question. And I'm also not saying that there isn't life in the universe outside of planet planet Earth. In fact, I believe there is life basically on every planet in every facet in ways that we can't even perceive. There's a universe, literally a universe of information, and we only have five senses to perceive that universe. To, to, to say that there isn't life living outside of our five senses even is fucking asinine. <clears throat> like there's information in radio waves and gamma waves and all this kind of stuff. And the only way we can perceive that is because we detect it with an instrument that then translates it into a way that we can perceive it. Uh, again, electromagnetic information, which is light and whatnot, it tells us that it's there. So, dude, it's... But when you, I don't know, I, I have a very, very hard time coming to grips with a species transversing space and time to come here to do anything, really, anything other than observe. And I think, uh, I think almost all of the theories currently about the phenomena of UFO and all that kind of stuff are so heavily steeped in a human-centric point of view. Yeah that it muddies everything. Not to say that even my own point of view on everything isn't a human-centric point of view. But I, st like, all right. So, okay, so uh, uh, with, what, do you know, uh, uh, Jeff, are you, do you know where they, they, there's like all these different ideas of where different species of, of quote-unquote species, again, we're gonna get, let's get deep, why not, who cares? <laughs> I'm they, ready to dig. I'm ready to dig, dog. So, <laughs> let's say, I mean, I've looked up, there, there's a number of different quote-unquote species of aliens that people have encounters with, right? There's the tall whites. Are you familiar? Yes. Okay, so again, for all, uh, however many people are going to listen to this, <laughs> the tall whites are a species of aliens. They look very uh, Nordic, so they blonde hair, blue eyes kind of thing, very normal like you and right. me. They can walk around. They live to be about, I guess, six to eight hundred years old, and when they live normally... They grow up normally, everything, and they reach like average height and everything, and then, um, and then uh, like you and I. But then at age three hundred, they start to grow again, or like three or four hundred, they start to grow again, and they grow steadily up to a point where their body sort of like 
disintegrate not disintegrates but breaks down just because they it can't handle the size or something like that we get like eight nine ten feet tall kind of shit so that's why they're the tall whites right um <clears throat> and then you have of course the shape-shifting reptilians yes. right <laughs> yeah the fucking which that's the, the, the name serious universe <laughs> that's right motherfuckers which that's the ba- that's the explanation in itself the reptilian and they can shape-shift right those guys for the most part you hear are are malevolent um and then you have of course the greys which i think i've heard are are actually like biomechanical and are created by some other race for types of research and and running things like this race kind of sits off and does its own thing, and the and the greys go out and do all the fucking work, right? And hypothetically, like these are all supposed to be extraterrestrial, right? Yes, not not like beings of. Okay. See, see where? Okay, did you hear what Justin just said? Um, yeah, extraterrestrials as opposed to yeah, he mean, says like he's... beings on other dimension. Right. So yeah, yeah. that which makes perfect sense. Okay, so he said these are all supposed to be beings that are quote unquote extraterrestrial, right? Which right, means yeah. not like they're, from... They're not existing from in yeah. this plane. Of in, this plane. Yeah, in this plane and not from Earth. And not from right. Earth. They're from right. where... If you, I think it's, um, it might be Zachariah Sitchin or Michael, Michael Tellinger, some of these people, um, they have these theories and ideas of where these species are coming, these species are coming from. And that is... I think it's like they're coming from a star system um, around like Sirius or something. I, I'm not. I don't. Some. I, I believe Sitchin's theory was that there was a planet on. It's like on the opposite orbit of our planets, and so we only come or past it every I don't know three thousand years, and yes. that's when they're able to travel here. Yes. Okay. So that's that's now. Okay. I've heard I've heard theories of the our sun being in a binary star system. Which means it orbits another star. So the two of them orbit each other, and <clears throat> they get they, they get close enough, and somehow at some point, where other planets kind of come through our, our system. There's also a bunch of other bodies in our solar system that uh, we know are there because of the tra- the trajectory of other planets are sort of uh, off in the way that they should be perfect in a vacuum. But when they shift a certain way, you can tell that there's something of, of some mass causing Uranus and Neptune to, to, to move at different points. Yeah, so, and I believe this was just, like, reconfirmed recently, right? Yes. They can call it the ninth planet, but I still call it the tenth planet. It's the tenth, there's a tenth planet out there that's changing all these orbits. Yes. What and a the, jerk. I know, what a jerk, dog. And actually, the very prominent physicist, astrophysicist, Mike Brown, is the one who kind of announced it, right? And he uh, he has stated that you know we we're pretty sh- we're pretty positive right now, and this was like a month ago or two, yeah. And which is uh, it's pretty yeah, it's very interesting stuff. And he says that there is there is something, and they they've now put a lot of effort into kind of finding it, and it's on some crazy long orbit that comes around. But I don't know the the whole binary system uh, star system thing is I don't know it's. I don't know what's plausible and not because I'm not an astrophysicist and I don't understand what it takes to have your eyes on the sky like these people do. Um, I, I found the interesting thing that like as you're taught in school and you see diagrams of the, the solar system, you see the sun stationary with the, 
the planets going in circular orbits around the sun, but but we know that's not the case. The sun is moving and we're all kind of chasing it. And all the planets' orbits kind of have these funny patterns as they chase the sun. And I don't know if it's the right word, but isn't that a little bit of a misnomer? Like, I know the sun is moving, but isn't yes. it like... Like, I heard that... Um, I read that Jupiter and the moon, or Jupiter and the sun orbit around each other. But it's kind of a misnomer because, like, how small the sun is actually moving. Right. right? Okay. Jupiter still has a giant orbit, right? Like, right. I know the sun is moving, but it's not, it's not that much, right? Right. So that, yeah, you and, and so I guess technically what you're saying it is, they are orbiting each other because Jupiter's mass is so great that it does have an effect on the sun thus you know affecting it and yeah. making it <clears throat> have its orbit so that's i've never heard of that but that's very interesting and i wouldn't again you can tell that to me i'm never going to verify oh by the way i'm info. a scientist <laughs> by the way <laughs> astrophysicist well, all that stuff in, all um, i found a book that describes the orbits of the planets and it, it maps out their orbits and it forms these <laughs> geometric patterns you ever what, see really? that i have not and i think you told me about that one time and then I've never seen anything about it again, but I want to. Yeah, it's real interesting because the, the, the patterns that they form, you find like over and over in nature, which is, you know, it's the same, like the phi ratio, all, all this. Are we about to get down on some Fibonacci stuff? Yeah, that's pretty much what, um, what you can find when you check out the orbits. Which I, is so interesting because, of course, you have all this shit of anytime we start talking about this those sayings of like the egyptians sayings of uh, um as above so below as within so without kind mm-hmm. of shit it's it's dude it's the same shit over and over again you look at the structure of atoms to the structure of of the the, the universe not the universe but the structure of like the solar system and whatnot and then every single level as you build up and go go up and down, in and out, it's like almost like just the same shit over and over and over again. And um, I've never, yeah. So and they also, I don't know, have you have you ever heard how they di- uh, uh, they discovered in God, where did they they discovered this? They just there was some ah oh, fuck. This is not gonna this unless I have one bit of information. This is not gonna make any sense. Make any sense? Oh yeah. There was some sort of strange coding within DNA. I believe it was in DNA. And this is where I, I can't remember the very specific bit of information. That they had also found... Or sorry, so they this coding within DNA was almost mimicked sophisticated like computer coding that we have created. So like we have this computer coding that we use and then they found it like almost matched the same kind of stuff that they saw... In, in in some sequence DNA, like some sequence section of DNA that they had, right? And some guy was trying to use this as like this um, uh, answer for intelligent design or or answer for um, God and and being like created and whatnot. Which, yeah, it was like a self-correcting code or something. Yes, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're you're familiar. It was like some self-correcting yeah. code that we actually have as a. You know, we created for computer code, but it is, yeah. Yeah, we thought it was invented in, like, the 1960s, but then they found it, like, built right into the universe. Exactly. Which is bananas, dog. Comparing genetic code to DNA binary code. 
Does DNA store information the same way that a computer stores data? Hmm? I don't know. <laughs> I did. I did read uh, about a couple years ago how they have, they are able to store data in DNA. Like there's, there's they can they can have um, like these amino acids will will code DNA. You, you can actually store more information in uh, these bits of DNA than you could in. It's just having a way to, to read it and make it last and all that kind of shit. But, dude, so so basically what I'm getting at is when you have, like, why the all the ideas and all the reasons that people have for uh, species coming to planet Earth are, okay, so Zachariah and Michael Tellinger, they're coming here and they're mining some kind of fancy gold. Dude, I think it was, like, last year... There was a massive meteor or asteroid that cruised by Earth with a couple trillion dollars worth of platinum on it, right? Now, I know when they explain this type of gold, it's like a very specific kind of gold and it's like really rare, but there's a universe. Like, it's a, it's a fucking universe. Are you gonna, why would you cruise your happy ass to our specific planet? to find this type of gold when chances are you pass that type of gold a couple times on your way here not to mention then genetically modify a type like a species that's already like dip your hands into something that's already going on for your own benefit just to get this fancy type of metal it seems so so both arguments are human centric one is human centric because humans would and they do go to places like africa and they fuck shit up for things they need right but on the other hand, you I would assume that if a species is so advanced, they would also be very, uh, sorry to use the word, humanitarian and not want, they, would, they wouldn't want to interfere with something else already going on for something so superficial as extending their own life, or I guess that's not superficial, but I mean like getting certain types of metals for whatever they need it for. Like, could you not find it somewhere else? And then in, why would you genetically modify a spe like a living species just make a fucking robot. <laughs> Dog, you can you can travel light years, you can't make a fucking robot? The fuck's the matter with you? Make some robot that's going to pull that shit out. Doesn't matter like what? It's excellent. It's crazy, right? Not yeah, to not definitely, to Definitely definitely valid points. Right, valid points. Not to I think he robots. tried to argue that with saying that the planet came very close to ours, so they weren't traveling light years. They were right. So that's you know, his idea: is that they're they're. But popping. it still doesn't make sense to come all the. If you have the capability, why do you need to come here to mine the gold? Like you said, you can capture it from a passing by asteroid. Right, right. So if this is the idea, is that they're popping off a planet that's that's like binary to ours? It's circling in in, in like an orbit that's very close to ours. It's kind of confusing because. It's almost like a luck of a draw kind of thing, um, because that means they are on a planet that has existed for the same amount of time as ours. How would they end up becoming more sophisticated than we are? Like, how would they all of a sudden, like, if the the two planets are existing in the same space, like orbiting each other, essentially in the same time, then whatever life is growing on those planets, you could assume would be in the same level. Like, so how would one jump off the other? And then come to this one and be well, so much more sophisticated. Well, I, I mean, you're assuming that we weren't that sophisticated on this planet at one time in the past. I mean, those I mean, stones dating that. back to yeah, but I, you know, I'm not so sure of that. I'm I think the, the the older stuff we find, the more we don't know, 
there's a lot of evidence that points that there was some very highly knowledgeable people on this planet before written history. So right. kind of our ideas of history are just totally, you know, wrong. We, we can't even come to grips with what might have really been happening on this planet three, four hundred thousand years ago. We can't. And you're so right. And this is honestly there. I'm, I'm leading this all in the direction of that. Right. So this is, um, again, so all these different things, all these different reasons, um, why, why would they travel so far? How all, and, and <clears throat> to come here for something like that. And then a lot of people, and another thing is if, um, in the same I have to touch all these bases because if I don't turn over all the stone, stones before finally getting to the end, then it's going to, you got to turn the stones, right? So when, when an aliens, extraterrestrials travel the distance they do to get here, again, you have the sophistication of technology that you have. Why would you allow yourself to get seen? Like you have, if you're so sophisticated, how the fuck are you going to crash your ass in the middle of a desert? Right. You just flew... Light years? You can't fly through a desert? You're not prepared for the gravity of Earth. <laughs> That's right, dog. You're not prepared for the gravity of Earth? What are you doing? Like, it's... it's. So then people might be like... Uh, uh, there's maybe a... maybe he just fell asleep at the wheel, dude. He's, a little, you know, drinking a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I know. You know you the blue milk? Some, the blue case. milk, dog. <laughs> that shit gets you fucked up, dog. That's what I hear. <laughs> what is blue milk? Isn't that the Star Wars alcoholic beverage there, like in the cantina? They're drinking is blue milk. I don't know. It's over my head. This <laughs> is way over my head. I'm gonna stick to it. It might not be right. <laughs> I'm not vouching for that. I'm not you vouching. Look I just know he's looking wanna, it up. Look it up. Blue milk. You just don't want to piss the Star Wars people off. That's no. one thing I'm sure. Of. They are strong. Ah, so make, make sure you get your facts straight. Yeah, that's it. What's it called? Yeah, it's called blue milk. <laughs> Also known as Bantha Milk. That's the Star Wars shit. That's some Star Wars shit right Look there. I see it. That's a that's blue. <laughs> I, that's just blue as as can be. So the um there are some theories and hypotheses. God damn it, it's not alcoholic. It's not? Well it's gotta be know. something something. It's gotta make you feel good some way. There are some theories and hypotheses for why these things are seen, and that is a slow disclosure, right? So if you you show up in different parts, you you're seen by certain people. It's a slow road to a slow roll to disclosure because you can't just pop in on an indigenous tribe and whip your iPhone out. People are gonna start blowing their brains out, you know. Like mm -hmm. that is <laughs> that is textbook shit. They tried it before; it doesn't work. You gotta, this like, is this is presidential campaign shit. I know, like, dog. slowly <laughs> leaking them in, right, and then, yeah. right? Yeah. And um, and so. Uh, uh, or it's 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 just like a study kind of thing, you know. They have uh, your your monitoring, and then you give a certain stimulus, and you see what the reaction is and whatnot. But this is all; these are all very very plausible, right? Um, what I honestly this is this is an idea I've been tossing around, and I and and please, if you have heard this somewhere. Point me in the direction so I can read up on it more. But anytime I'm listening to a podcast, reading some website or some forum about the UFO phenomena or the extraterrestrial thing, all these encounters of first, second, third kind, whatever bullshit, I never, nobody ever gives this as an explanation or a plausibility even, which given all the things I've already said, I find this to be more plausible in that 
all of the different alien species that we experience on this planet are things from this planet that are on extended timelines and the and and are and have uh, uh, reached so and have reached levels of uh, sophistication in technology that allow them to transverse time and are then just popping into different areas in time man that's just like did you read uh, or listen to mysterious universe I think about two weeks ago all they focused on were sightings of black panthers right sometimes bipedal sometimes not sometimes resembling saber-toothed tigers sometimes was this a not. was this an extension no, this is an episode. Really? This was two weeks oh ago? I've been God, listening to so all good. the episodes, Doc. It was so was it the Black Panthers, or was this just Panthers that are like, they see them in Australia and stuff? Yeah, but in the episode, they talk about how they see them here, and right. they, they see them in Britain, okay. and all those things. They were focusing in Australia because there isn't a natural right. population, right? There's but, no population but all over. big cats. And what they were saying, as like a hypothesis, was maybe it is like... Just an, either either an alternate timeline, or or some sort of time travel, right? Like maybe you are seeing, uh, like a saber tooth tiger, and it's super far fetched. But maybe you're seeing a saber tooth tiger, like prowl, right? And like a lot of the sightings say that um, it's a little bit, if not ethereal, but like the feet don't touch the ground, right? Like spectral, you know. And so they were explaining way over my head. They're making a connection. <laughs> with gravitational waves and how like we already know in physics like i mean i heard someone explain beautifully about these 10 dimensions and that once you get to the fifth and sixth dimensions it's basically alternate timelines when you decided to do this podcast when you decided not to when you decided to do it wearing a hat right and maybe <laughs> my they, favorite hat <laughs> maybe they all simultaneously exist and so they were making these connections with the discovery of gravitational waves, and they were saying, like, man, maybe you're seeing something happen at the same time if something had happened differently. Way over don't, my you, head. don't you think That's you can fall asleep in, on, on one plane or one timeline, and then you wake up on a different one? I do you're, believe that. You ever feel I'm like that? that? Sometimes you're just like, this is not the world I was in. No, you know, not only like, do I feel that, I believe that it actually happens. Like I honestly believe that we we sh- our consciousness shifts and jumps timelines com- um, due to our greatest desires and wants. And right. Needs. So you think that you know all that stuff about you know the power of now, like setting your mindset. You're you're driving which way you go. Yeah, and I so I believe it on all. I believe it on a level of if you want to look at, at it like materialistically in the universe or the world that we live in now, it's just positive thinking and nothing bad can come from positive thinking. You want to use yes instead of no statements, that kind of shit. Like, of course, that improv, makes per- 101. improv 101 dog. It is yes. And not no, but right. <laughs> so that makes like, and, and that's just, that's just better living shit, you know, but on a deeper level, I think, we, dude, honestly, the, I, I, there's there's so much shit we can start moving into, and it's just it's just bananas. Things that I think and I keep in my own fucking head, and I don't want to tell anybody. I want to tell anybody this shit because I have no way to like to honestly go about f- seeing if it's right. 
you know? <laughs> <laughs> so I don't want to bring that out in front of people. I don't want to whip that shit out. But that's what I think. You know, I think it's more plausible that the... Di- okay, so does any... Okay, Jeff, do you know the length of time if all humans just poofed out of existence right now how long would it be before there's no trace of us at all how long i would say probably Forever, 60 oh, 60,000 so years uh, dude i've heard it's like 10 no i've heard it's 10 anything well, that's not made yeah. of stone is gone okay i was going to say because there's already wow. stuff here older than that right so but i mean i would and you can see how quickly it's Well, we have global warming we're leaving behind. <laughs> That's good. They'll know that. Well, they know we fucked that up. Which, again, I think is such a human-centric thing to think that we... Never mind. I, I, that's a different rabbit hole, dog. Well, you also got to think about uh, global catastrophe. I mean, this right. is Randall Carlson's whole thing. They're, you know, we're on a, on a pattern of resetting this planet by either volcanoes blowing up or, right. or asteroids you know impacting the planet and that's another thing i I just realized that we i think that they've confirmed that our planet is actually two planets that have collided did you did you read that one i have not read this one i need this one i'm pretty i'm pretty sure that this was was recently science i read no i'm pretty sure that this was just recently confirmed using data from rocks from the the moon compared to our planet that that there's material from two massive planets that can combined to create ours and form our moon. Right, so that's what I heard. I heard, uh, I think I even might have sort of heard that in middle school, that our moon was created from two planets colliding. It bumped off a massive chunk and created the moon. But I've never heard that our planet itself is like two planets kind of collided together. Okay, all right, sciencealert.com. Earth is made up of two planets fused together. Yeah, it does seem most of these sources are uh, questionable. Hey, what are you going to do? Astronomers investigating the moon, how the moon formed, right, have been have found evidence that was produced after... Yeah. That's 4.5 billion years ago, right? That's perfect. Yeah. That's, a good t- that's a good amount of time. Like, I'm about to take a uh, quick intermission. You gotta, you know. I, know if, I know what you mean. Yeah. Hell yeah, dog. Take your intermission. So, allow, uh, um, so, so Jeffrey, Hefe. Yes, sir. Feel me on this, man. I think you're going to, I think you can get down with the, with this idea that, you know, think about if it only takes, and I, I think I heard this, you know, you know that there was some, they did a, a special series on History Channel. I never watched it, but I, I did hear the information from it. And that's, if we were to disappear, everything that we have, all of our hard drives, all of our cars, metals, all this kind of stuff, by 10,000 years would be dust. It would be nothing. Uh, nature would have taken it over. Um, erosion, all that kind of stuff would completely disintegrate it. The only thing that would be left is like Mount Rushmore, right? It'd just be stone. Anything that's made of stone would be left, and that's it. Yeah, and that would probably be heavily worn as well. Right. It might even They might start looking like pharaohs or some shit. You never exactly. Know. They might even think it's unfinished. It looks unfinished. Right? I mean, have, you, have you ever found a car in the woods that had been there for, just say, 50 years? 
You ever Dude, find something like that? It's almost gone already. Yeah, exactly. And you're not even talking about 100 years yet because the car has only barely been around 100 years. Yeah, Doug. I'm driving a, you can drive around a car for 15 years in Philly and most of it's not there because of all the salt and ice, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, you throw that thing in the woods. You're driving around Philly for 15 years. You throw it in the woods. In 50, it's not going to exist anymore. Right. So that's what I'm saying. So so all it takes is about 10,000 years and everything's fucking gone, right? Everything's gone except for stone. And that's if a fucking meteor didn't hit that stone specifically, right? So picture this. How long ago did the dinosaurs live? Millions a year. A couple million about, years, right? 60, 60 million? 63 million years is... is, is uh, the, like the dinosaurs, uh, I guess the meteor that killed, that finally ended the dinosaurs. We don't know how long they existed before that. We don't know anything, right? Not only that, but we don't know uh, the this the Earth, the Moon was created what four point five billion years ago, right? Dude, that's bananas, right? That's bananas. So it's die the 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 uh, all the the big giant dinosaurs die off sixty three million years ago. What's to say the, there weren't some type of reptile that was as sophisticated and functioning as we are now, right? What's to say that didn't exist? And then got to this, this point of sophistication where it could, it could maybe move underground and live a more comfortable life underground. And maybe that's where it lived originally. Or maybe it was able to create some sort of... Any, it doesn't matter. If a, if a cataclysm... Uh, happen like Randall Carlson explains 10,000 years later everything they've created is gone that we can tell except for fossils but even still dude it's so hard to find fossils maybe those dinosaurs that we find are basically just farm animals you know maybe those those the stegosauruses and the t-rexes those are just animals you find running around stupid animals that when a meteor hits they're gonna get thank you they're gonna get covered in ash and they're gonna get like they're gonna get caught in mudslides, and that those are your things that are gonna create fossils. But things like hyper intelligent beings who are walking on two feet and shape shifting and and creating, uh, riding on gravitational waves and zipping around, those kind of things might be able to evade whatever happens and not necessarily become fossilized. Maybe some of them did become fossilized, but honestly. We don't even there's there there are a lot of fossils that we have of dinosaurs and whatnot, but it's not as much as people think. Like they're not as common. It's very hard to find Ooh, them. And they're a high commodity. I know this is a non sequitur, but man, if you live in like uh, northwestern yeah. United States and you own some ranch property, you find some weird bone, you call paleontologists, you can sell it for a lot of money. It's, I mean, that's a problem. It's a huge non sequitur, a, a whole nother conversation, but it's a big problem that it's become such a commodity. Really? Yeah. See, and it's because of rarity. Like, rarity is, yeah. is what the... Like, Do you so, know the, uh, the NPR podcast, Planet Money? No. Oh, man. Planet Money is one of my favorite podcasts. They always keep it super short. And they do really interesting uh, economic-based stories that help educate you on, on different things. Uh, not only how uh, our economy works, but how the global economy works, but these really interesting topics. And they had one that I encourage you to listen to about ranchers uh, who would find like a T-Rex and they would sell them to the highest bidder, right? I mean, it's, it's crazy. Uh, and then they had like these interesting stories about, well, who owns it? You know, just because they, they sold 
the right to these paleontologists, I think, to go in to dig it up and discover it doesn't mean that these paleontologists own it, right? And then now they're selling it to a museum. Right. It was it was really interesting. It would take like the whole another two hours, even though they described they, they described it in in twenty minutes. I can't do that. We can't do that. We're dumb. I can't do that. <laughs> We're dumb as rocks. We tell we two we two sacks of rocks sitting next to each other, the microphone between us. But dude, so that's and that's that's exactly what I'm saying. So. The reason these farmers can sell these things for so much money is because the shit's rare. Mm-hmm. There's not well, a lot of complete ones are rare. Complete ones are yeah. rare. Like we get bones here and there, and just to have something fossilized, it has to be almost like covered in a mudslide. It has to be fucked up in some kind of cataclysm, right? It has to be dumb as eggs. It got to be dumb as eggs, dog. But who's to say those weren't just the dumb as eggs dinosaurs walking around like they get caught in something like that? It's 63 million years ago. You could have easily had a sophisticated reptilian race living on this planet that evaded the the actual cataclysm whatever it was but then all bits of civilization that they had after 10,000 years are gone unless it's stone 63 million years later you got nothing they're obviously using scales (laughs) exactly (laughs) well that's interesting because it could also be you know what if what if you had someone that knew a cataclysm was coming and they so they would make something out of stone and then purposely hide it Right, exactly. Which brings you to Obekli Tepe, which is what it appears that is. It looks mm-hmm. like that was someone, what are they saying now? At least 12,000 years. I think it's 14. Years old, at least 14. Yeah. And it looks like it was purposely buried. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. like, a, it's some kind of, and that's, they um, They also think that's what the pyramids themselves are. The py- they think the pyramids, because of how they, they correlate, all the dimensions of the pyramids correlate to the great year, which is 72 years. And it's like this, this path around our the center of our galaxy or something. It's it's all these different ideas and messages. Like if you're trying to, if you're trying to to give information to the next generation, you only have a handful of ways to do it because everything is so temporary that we have. Everything is so temporary that we have. So what are you gonna do? You have, you have to look to things that are more permanent. And the stars in the sky are very per- like again. I'm basically just parroting all of uh, uh, um, Graham Hancock and Randall Carson. Yeah. Randall Carson. I'm just saying what they're saying. But the stars, the stars in the sky, they don't move, right? Anything can happen on the planet. They're going to be the same. They have, there's a procession of the equinox. It goes back and forth. They change over the course of however many thousands of years. But they're always going to be the same. Stone's going to last for thousands, hundreds of thousands of years. Uh, those different things and. I've even heard Graham Hancock dabble and just touch on, I haven't heard him talk about it much, about how there is a massive, massive portion of human DNA that is unaccounted for. So we have codable, D, the, the amount of codable DNA to the amount of DNA, what the fuck, cat? Dude, I told you. You can't just put your hand in Dude, I had my hand on the table. <laughs> I had my hand on the table moving it around. The cat just reached out and smacked that shit. So the amount of codable DNA to the amount of DNA that does jack shit in in if like if you were to get your your, your um I guess your your DNA coded or genome or whatever the right. fuck you want to do it. Twenty three and me. Yeah, you could do that. I think they'll do it. And you can see like so I think it's honestly like eighty percent like only twenty percent of your DNA codes who you are. The rest is just does they don't know what it does. Right? And again, like I was saying, no. that's, right. that's empty. 
So like I was saying, like I, I think I mentioned this. I don't even know if the podcast. I don't even know if the podcast was going at the time I said this, but they can code. Uh, I think it was. They can actually code information in DNA now, right? They just don't really have a way of reading it. So I think Graham Hancock even has mentioned just in passing that that massive chunk. What better way to leave a legacy of information but in just you? Right? Let me ask you a question. So. You're talking about um, what, 50 million years ago we had dinosaurs, mm -hmm. right? And you're saying that there could have also been a highly advanced, highly intelligent, like reptilian creature, right? So if I understand correctly, which I might not, I'm watching you, Merlin, piece of shit. I only talk bad to my cat because he doesn't speak English. Just That's calm right, down, <laughs> everyone who listens to me. Okay, he doesn't know. He purrs his ass off. Okay, so if I understand correctly, and I might not, and we're going to get a bunch of comments from all the anthropologists who listen, mm -hmm. and be like, this all fucking asshole. So we share an ancestor with the gibbon, right? Like, we, don't, we didn't evolve from chimpanzees. We, we share an ancestor with the gibbon. And so what made us evolve was going from uh, forest-dwelling apes who forage for food, right? There was some sort of climate change or something like that. And then we had to be plains apes. So one of the reasons why we go erect is not only to be more aware of predators, uh, but to be better hunters, right? And then we start using tools, all this other stuff. So what I'm getting at is that, like, what do you, completely off the cuff, no sources cited necessary, what do you think could have happened during a during the period of the dinosaurs that would have allowed a reptilian uh, creature to evolve in the same way that we evolved and, and evolve those same parts of the brain that we evolved uh, to perceive things differently. What do you think? Well, already you're describing a gibbon, which is light years ahead of any dinosaur we know of. Well, yeah, I know, <laughs> but that's what I'm saying you know? is like, how can you say, that's what I'm saying is like, there's this, you're making a huge leap. You are, we are. And we are making a huge leap. And we're and, and the reason the huge leap is, is there is because it's 63, it's over 63 million years ago. I mean, we have a large um, uh, range, sorry, yes, we have a large range of fossil record, but it's still not large enough for the length of time that the... That life has been on planet Earth and for the length of time that planet Earth has been here. I mean, all the same factors, I would say, that would cause any life to evolve, right? Would yeah, be the I, same to cause a reptile to evolve. But I, I, th I think an interesting thing when you're looking at evolution and the way different creatures can evolve in the same period, just look at dolphins and humans the brains evolved very similarly almost identical in size and the way they function yet we're two totally different creatures yet both both highly intelligent mm -hmm. but yet we still aren't able to communicate or relate to them but it's pretty obvious they're they're thinking you know they're they're pretty conscious. They're conscious, and they're probably conscious in a way that we can't even comprehend. Because the isn't it true that like uh, they, they, you know, they, they know they. <laughs> uh, I'm pretty sure studies have been done to show that uh, orcas specifically and bottlenose dolphins. I don't know if all dolphins, but bottlenose uh, 
can show signs of empathy, like genuine empathy towards humans, right? Oh Isn't yeah, Def- definitely, yeah. And and by the orcas are um, dolphins, by the way. Um, then why yeah, do they, they call them orcas? I thought they were porpoises. No, they're, porpoises well, have spatula the, they're, teeth. They're the same. Dolphins they're, have sharp teeth. A lot teeth, of people so an orca associate... would be more similar to a dolphin because they got sharp teeth. Right. But okay. People people always assume orcas are whales. That's that's my point. They're not really. They're not a whale. They're more uh, in a, like a dolphin. Right. Very nice. Porpoises have those poser ass spatula teeth. I hate them. <laughs> yeah, and apparently the the frontal lobe of a dolphin is more developed. There's great. There's more. There's more matter and mass in the frontal lobe of a a dolphin than there is in a human, which essentially is the the main part of our brain that makes us human. Yeah, I think they have they have a bigger brain, but ours is is bigger compared to our body weight. Right, we have the largest brain compared to body weight. They have the largest brain overall. Okay. That kid on Jerry Maguire would lead me to believe that it's eight pounds. So. I think, and another big difference is that they have no way to physically manipulate their environment, as well as, I even uh, uh, as well as like for things such as like food, they have no reason to really manipulate no, their but, environment. No, but but uh, kind of, they kind of do. I mean, did you ever see the video of the dolphins where they all they all get together? And they, they find this school of mackerel, whatever type yep. of fish it is, and they, they kick so up great. the dirt to create a net around it, and then the fish just start jumping out. And then all the other dolphins gather around and just start grabbing them right out of the sky. Yep, there's that one, and then there's the one actually in, um, I want to say it's between Fort Myers and Key West in Florida on, on our Gulf of Mexico coast. It's the only dolphins that display this behavior, and they chase the schools closer to the shore, and they'll actually have uh, dolphins beach themselves to catch fish and come Holy back. Shit. Yeah, they like get them into this little shallow point, and like you <coughs> said, they either they're either jumping out into the air or they're jumping on the shore. Right. And the dolphins figure this way to, I mean, like it reminds me of Sonic. They turn into <laughs> a little ball and they're like, and then they go up on shore. You should watch it. It's really incredible. Yeah, and the fact the fact that they are kicking up dirt to basically create a net. That's yeah, basically they manipulating out that the fish your don't know the difference. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I, I mean, in ways of like building materials, like they don't right. have they, hands to, they to don't, physically. Yeah, they don't need to send emails. They basically. don't need to. Yeah. They already dominate their world. <laughs> exactly. They dominate their world, so there's no reason to to be able to physically like build a house. They're not trying to keep predators out. Their food, their food is literally floating in front of their face at any given point. They like, strike great white sharks. In the gills. In the I'm, gills, I mean, dog. They know where to hit them. They know how to fucking duck and dodge on that shit. That's right. Like, it's 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 just a different environment. It's the same thing, but a different environment. And I'm very... It's very, very interesting. That <clears throat> there's a number of <clears throat> human characteristics that leave... That leave you just fucking wondering in, in so many different ways. And that we're the only land mammal that has um subcutaneous fat well, the only ones every other land mammal every single one you if you see a fat cat a fat dog a fat cow regardless of what kind of animal it is it's all visceral fat it's fat beneath its la- uh, layers of of muscle um where we have blubber we have fucking fat on the outside of our muscle like a fucking whale you can take a like two or three day old baby and toss that 
toss that motherfucker in a pool and it will hold its breath. That's an instinct. You can take a you can take a full grown chimpanzee and toss it in the water and it'll start breathing water, right? Yeah, I was gonna say I thought they don't hold their breath. They don't hold their breath. They don't know the difference. The only reason if a toddler would be to drown was be his human brain is then getting in the way of his instinct to hold his breath. That's the only because again a baby can be tossed in a pool and it will naturally hold its breath. Is that true? Yes. Uh, that you that's one hundred percent true. You can look it up. But we're talking like couple days old babies can be tossed crazy. in water and they'll hold the breath. So who's tossing couple day old babies? And maybe, maybe somebody's leaning, I mean, o- leaning over cruise so ships these, and shit. Uh, yeah, how do these babies survive? They get thrown off bridges. Well, then I mean, you're gonna hold your breath. You can only hold it for so long. Not not only that, but the impact on the surface tension of water from like twenty feet is gonna break some bones on a baby. <laughs> right? Fucking babies. They need to toughen up. Yeah, toughen the fuck up. All I'm trying to say is like there are so many and then any diving instructor will 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 tell you the the phenomena anybody any average person we're talking non-smoker just average person in the course of a 2 hour free diving session can be taught to hold their breath upwards to like 2 to 3 even 4 minutes somebody who can on just regularly hold their breath for like 1 minute they can then they get there, they give you these different breathing techniques, very close to the Wim Hof method kind of shit, right? Mm-hmm. You you hyperventilate, you do all these different things. And over the course of doing this, you can hold your breath, anybody, just naturally for three to four minutes, right? You dive. You, it's, it's, there's a lot of very interesting things, these interesting connections that we have to water uh, that, that we share with no other mammal and... Uh, it's very, very interesting. The fact that we have no hair on our body. How many other animals don't have hair on their body, right? Yeah, I, do, I don't know about you, but I got some hair on yeah, my you body. That boy got some hair. I seen him, boy. <laughs> that boy got the Philly fog on his face. It's growing in thick. I have a, uh, a tuft growing on my left shoulder only. Yeah, <laughs> welcome to 27. That's what's like, happening. I got to get there, man. Yeah. Get to 27, I got that tuft of hair on my Only middle, on one shoulder. Only on one shoulder. Only on one think, shoulder. Do you think the other shoulder will catch up at any point? I hope so. <laughs> I want to be like hair like a werewolf. I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid. I'll wear I like be gray. nothing but dress socks and a Speedo on the beach. <laughs> dress socks. Completely covered in hair and just sandy hair. <laughs> and that's going to be my wife's calendar. Do you, have <laughs> do you have sandals on with the dress socks? Yeah, flip-flops. Or slips. <laughs> I'm not opposed. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I'm obviously, the speedo is striped and matches the dress socks. Like mm-hmm. I feel like I shouldn't have to say that, but you know, you do to me. <sighs> yeah. You have to say it to me. I don't know, man. There's, it's all, just like Jeff said. There's so much crazy fucking shit, and I think it's more plausible just pedaling back just a little, just to make sure it's all tied up. It's. Just, I think it's honestly more plausible. That there are, there are there are line there are timelines of different species all on this planet that have ways of transversing time to control their own time. Because I mean, again, if you're talking about extraterrestrials and then you you're like go oh, time travel. It's like, dude, you're already talking about something out there. You're going to fucking shit on time travel. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, we're already talking about shit that's out there. So why not just open the door to time travel? It's all out there. So then think about it in ways of like, yeah, if you're traveling through space, that much space, light years of space, that's basically already time travel. 
right? And then you get here to what? Manipulate, genetically manipulate monkeys to gather gold for you? What the f- You're the monkey. <laughs> You're the fucking monkey. Get the gold yourself with a fucking robot, dog. Find an asteroid floating around somewhere with nothing on it and get it from there. Hey, speaking of robots, we got robots that you cannot knock over with a hockey stick. Have you seen those? I've seen those, dog. Oh, my God. <laughs> I can't get over it. Jeff, have you seen the video? Have you seen those videos of the uh, of? I think I saw one. It was um, it was like some p not PSA, but it was it was like uh, when will when will the hatred towards robots? <laughs> and they kick over the it's dog just, robot. Dude, it's just it's just it's just <laughs> video after video of people kicking robots and trying to like kick them over, and then it shows robots like running on treadmills in the middle of like laboratories with with scientists standing around with clipboards, and it's like. This inhumane treatment of robots. <laughs> like, that's that's funny. I seen a video recently of some new robot that they have. I think it was MIT or something, and um, they're showing it do all these things, and then all of a sudden the dude just kicks it square in the back <laughs> and knocks it right on its face. Yep. And just I was like, like oh, it can't fucking stand. But then they, they were showing it how it gets up. It just hops right back up. Yeah. <laughs> that's terrifying. pretty cool. But did you have to kick him like that? I mean, damn. Yes. <laughs> I think it's so funny. And it t- it's like a joke now, but dude, I- honestly, I wouldn't be surprised like 30, 40 years from now, people are like, robot lives matter. <laughs> dude, just wait until they program it with jiu-jitsu. And you're done, and we're, son. We're all fucked. The thing right. doesn't have wind. <laughs> it doesn't it get doesn't tired. Gas. It does not You gotta gas. hope its battery yeah, literally you, runs you out. You kick it over and it's like, oh, the ground, just where I wanted to go. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I was going to sit down anyway, dog. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, oh could you imagine if a robot pulled guard? I imagine they weigh, like, fucking 600 pounds, right? For them to pull guard on you, they'll shatter your ribs. Dude, they got... Could you imagine a pneumatic grip? You think... You think old Elio Gracie... You think old Elio Gracie's got a bad grip with those wrists? Just picture fucking 300 pounds of torque. Just crush, it'll crush your shit, dog. You never. Well, he's gonna grab about, your lapel. The you thing can't about get grip is like it's not your forearm strength. It's about your frame. It's about pinning your elbow to your rib, and that's exactly what a robot does. <laughs> <laughs> it's not about your fingers. It's about that whole like it's you the know whole like thing. you don't grip like like this right like with your arm outstretched for all the all the listeners. <laughs> you son of a bitch. This cat will step on my computer whether like, whether he whether we want it or not. So. Yeah, my cat turns it into a game. You try to keep him off the desk until he tries to find different ways to get on the desk. And then when he realizes you don't care he's on the desk, he'll get back off the desk and wait till you care again. <laughs> and, Dude, this anyways. cat goes more than we think. So, also, but yeah, you don't grab it like outstretched and just grab it. You know, you, like, you pull it forward, man. A robot grip would be unbreakable. Unbreakable robot grip. Unbreakable That's robot our grip. future, dog. Get on top and win your championships while you can, because when, <laughs> when robots, because <laughs> when robots are allowed to enter the competition, it's done. I don't know. I think I think Connor would still say that they're B level. It's B level competition. B level. You know. Dude, did you hear him whenever they Speaking were talking? Connor, they were like, "Who do you think is the?" The, the goat list and he was like I'm Von two, three wait that's not his accent that's, not, his accent? that's not an Fuck Irish him. accent he's like one two three four five six seven eight nine and maybe John Bone Jones is ten ah <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck but only cause uh, I shook I his it. hand once god damn it I hope mm. second round Diaz submission that's no I, I love it today today Tomorrow. or yesterday they, they asked him if uh, 
what how, what level of partner do they think he is with UFC? And he said, no, well, next time I have a press conference, I should be bringing a podium out here right next to Dana. That's right. Me. I saw that. <laughs> I saw that. He goes, Dana should be there. Table. I should have a podium next to him, and all this other shit should be going on. <laughs> That's right. Oh, I love him. Doug, let's keep talking about this. I'm, I'm going to take an intermission. Okay. Continue with the... I'm going to try to grapple my cat into submission. Wait, no, no, no. Go ahead, continue. Wait, Jeff, go ahead. Grapple. He's gonna grapple his. He's gonna grapple his cat. We're gonna do this step by step. Come here, buddy. Jeff, right, who's see. winning? To, who's winning tomorrow? Oh uh, man, my my gut wants to go strangely with Nate, but I can't go against Connor. Every time I do, he just makes me look stupid. So, did your gut go with um, Jose Aldo? I feel, I, yeah, absolutely. I thought I thought Aldo was gonna That's handle. That's a flash him. knockout. Was it? That was a flash knockout. Dude, I feel like he was awake when he hit the ground. He was <laughs> back up. Fuck that shit. No, either way, he took care of him. I, I mean, he did. He did. He did. It, no, like, I'm not. I'm not denying the uh, the fact that it was a it was a great hit. I'm just bitter that it didn't go the distance. You know, it wasn't or, a knockout cold. At least, cold. Minute, at least a... they didn't go to the ground one time. You know, know. like that's what I'm I really interested to see because he's not going to knock Nate out. I, I don't think. I don't. No, Nate is fucking durable as it gets. He's only been TKO'd. He's never been knocked out. That's what I mean. And I'm, this, I'm really interested to bastard. see Nate take this to the ground and use his jiu-jitsu. Yep. How Nate. old is Nate? Hmm. Ooh, I want to say 20. <laughs> I think he's just a little bit older than, than Connor. What is he like 30? Connor's 27 or 28? And I think, I think, I, I think really Nate's like about 27 oh, yeah. too. Because Nick's like 31 and he's younger than Nick. God damn, now I look at myself 27 when I'm in jujitsu. I look a flabby bastard. He's <laughs> <laughs> a cocksuckers there in here fighting, I know. fighting on big fighting screen. World champs. Yeah, well, you know, Nate, Nate rides fucking marathon bike rides and they can be in Ironmans. It's not like he's... Um, you know, he's sitting around hanging out doing podcasks. Hey, man, we all do. <laughs> fuck you. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> you know what? Nate's, Nate's uh, making gang signs with one hand and, and animal balloons with his other. Dude, that was a funny. That was a funny. That was funny as fuck. Connor's got it, Doug. I got I to gotta take it into mission. You guys talk amongst yourselves about this shit. Oh, oh, well, oh. Yeah, man. My hopes is that, uh, uh, you know, I think by round two, they're neither one of them are gonna want to strike anymore. They're gonna be fucking tired, and I'm really hoping that Nate tries to take it to the ground, and uh, I'm really hoping that he submits him second round. That's what I'm really hoping. Hmm, that's what I can see that happening. I'm just kind of buying into this this Connor mania. It really seems like he's like this larger than life persona. Like he's great. Like he's great. But I don't know. Going to 170, this is another class of athletes. So you know. it is another class of athlete. It's but like Nate, Nate keeps saying, "You you only fault midgets." This is you know this is grown ups now. So it, I, it's a quite a step up from 145. I am man, and it's embarrassing saying this on a mic, but I'm 100% confident he's not going to knock him out. It's either going to go the distance or Connor's going to get submitted. Because I really don't think McGregor's jiu-jitsu is at the level to submit Nate. And I uh, I really don't think that he's going to get knocked out. Nate's a monster. He's he's indestructible. I mean, does Connor even train jiu-jitsu? Oh, yeah. Like, to the best of my knowledge, he's a very good brown belt. But okay. uh, not, not at the level of Nate Diaz, man. He's a killer. That's what I'm saying. I mean, and most of this work you see Connor doing now is like all this movement, this 
you know, it's not really a lot of like hands-on training. It's yeah. more like about speed and, and movement, evading, you know, it's it's weird. So me and um just before we we um started the podcast, me and uh Justin were talking about his, the guy that he's been training with, you know, playing butt grab in the park and whatnot, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my, 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 what do we have here? A couple of boys playing grab ass, huh? Uh, but we were talking about how there are these, there's these types of, of movements and different things. It's, they, they're concepts. They're like these core concepts. And when you understand them and you translate them to, they're so translatable to every facet of life not just from sport to sport but like everything you do ways to shift weight ways to move yourself how to move your hips how to twist how to do these kind of things and so when everyone looks at what he's doing and they fucking laugh it's or they make fun of it like honestly i think he's learning things about the human body and and how to move in certain ways that aren't necessarily they're not it's not fighting but as a fighter you then get in with that knowledge and you go oh that's why i want to move this way that's mm-hmm. why i want to shift my weight here move this way move this thing honestly dude conor mcgregor might be the first guy to knock this guy out i hope not you hope not i, I could see it that left seems pretty serious you know when you look at, at his knockouts did you know that he for his lap so he uh you heard that he bet uh, Dana White that he would he would knock out or he would he would beat Chad Mendez in the second round right yeah, I, I saw a lot of videos of him like telling people, "Hey, you guys want to make a lot of money? Second round knockout." He was telling everybody. Dude, he's predicting his own shit, and he did the exact same thing with Jose Aldo. The exact same thing. He told everybody. Great. Yeah, he's not getting out of the first round. We're not getting out of the first round. He's gonna knock him out. I'm he, so really bitter about that. <laughs> it, it's I. It's it's weird because there's even there's even I can't remember if it was like footage of him talking about it or like the, him at the at his camp or something. Or I think it was uh, no no, it was him. Uh, there's footage of him in the locker room pre-fight for Jose Aldo, and he's doing the exact same combo he knocked him out with. Like his he they had it down to they had Jose Aldo down to where if I do this he's gonna do this and I'm gonna knock him out this way. Whether yeah, was, I, I saw that video. I think they even compared it like side by side, like what he was doing yep. backstage to what happened in the fight. Yeah, so it's it's it was either it was gonna work the first time or the second time or the third time, but whatever it was that they had set up, him and his fight trainers had watched videos. They knew Jose Aldo. They knew it. So that's honestly, when it comes down to it, that is that is the only aspect of this whole fight where I think that Connor might lose is that he was not training specifically for Nate Diaz. Yeah. But then again, he wasn't training for Chad Mendez, and when Chad Mendez took him down, which he did a ton, <laughs> and dropping elbows on his face, Conor McGregor, through his mouth guard, was saying, is that all you've got? I mean, goddamn. <laughs> and the, 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 cra- the crazy thing about um, the, the Aldo fight is when you watch it again, that was really close to being a double knockout because Aldo connected with him. Clean. What a powerful hit! Yeah. Oh, I was. I can't believe Connor just. Here's the that. thing: when I watch that fight and I see Jose just like tripling up on his jabs, complete distance control. You know what I mean? And it just, goddamn, it's like he was so ready 
and he was so hungry, and then it just ended. It was like... There's nothing worse. That was bad. There is absolutely nothing nothing worse than that shit, you know? So, I'm watch curious, watch Jose's you... left hand. Just watch the clip again and watch his left hand, and you're like, man, he is ready. And, like, it's... it's he kind of drops it a little bit too much, like, and exposes his face, but it's not enough time for anything really to land unless it was a counter hit, which it's what it was when he got knocked out. But you know, like he's he's checking, he's checking, he's checking, he's checking, he's checking, and then he steps in and then over. That's it, and that's all it takes, man. It comes from I, I don't know, I don't know. So you, so so uh, uh, Jeff, you have said that you. Your gut says Nate, but you've been duped before when Connor's in the mix. Yeah, if I if I'm putting my money down, I'm keeping it on Connor. Who is who's the betting favorite right now? It's got to be McGregor by a long shot, right? Is it really? The betting odds? I don't. I, I gotta look that up because I'm looking it up right now. Yeah. Okay. Um, was it one ninety six? I think it's got to be like five to one in McGregor's favor or something. like that. Betting odds, because okay, so when I tomorrow, I want to. Um, tomorrow's the fight. As soon as I get out of work, I'm gonna M- go. McGregor is down 380. That's a negative 380 betting favorite. Wow. <coughs> so he's he's not the so Nate is the favorite right now. Wait, no. when was this posted? Uh, this I, is March 4th. Yes, yeah, today, 10 a.m. So Conor McGregor neg- negative three eighty, Nate Diaz plus two ninety. So, um, to me that means if you bet a hundred dollars, I mean you would have to bet two hundred and eighty to win a hundred on Conor. And on Nate, you bet a hundred, you win. What what did you say the odds were? Plus two ninety. Yeah. So if you bet a hundred, you win two hundred and ninety. So that means Conor's the favorite. Yes. Right, because Connor is more likely to win. Oh, I understand. Right, so it's right. based on like a hundred dollar bet. So like, you know, what well, what did you say Connor was negative? Negative well, three eighty. I'm looking right now at uh, oddshark.com, and the different organizations have it different. But uh, I see Connor under one sixty, Nate over one forty, uh, Connor under four hundred, Nate over three hundred. Connor under 500, uh, Nate over 400, etc. You see where this is going. Wow, so it's quite a quite a difference. Yeah, the different organizations are saying it differently. Oh That's yeah, it's like top bet, my bookie, all that kind of shit. Different websites. But dude, I won't. I I'm I have a an idea at this point, but I'm not gonna I'm not going to like set my shit in stone until tomorrow I'm going to watch all the last and latest uh, interviews yeah I'm really interested in the weigh-ins they should be they're probably on right now right I I would imagine soon I just feel like out of all the people that Conor McGregor has gone against Nate Diaz is the least susceptible to the mind game shit he doesn't care he doesn't care the very first press conference they did after announcing that they were going to fight when Connor was talking mad shit to him, Nate wouldn't look at him. He couldn't. They, he was even talking shit, looking away. Connor was looking dead, dead at him, yeah. and Nate was looking over here. 
They were. I'll tell you what, though. I'm. <clears throat> I'm just sorry to interrupt. I'm looking at some of these odds for tomorrow night, and Misha Tate. That looks like a good bet to me. Yeah. Betting against her. She. She's an underdog. Uh, plus two sixty five. Yeah, I see that. And she's got some ground game, and. I think that's a much tougher fight than Ronda Rousey Man, and Holly Holm. Holly Holm's going to kick her in the head. Really? Because, dude, know. Ronda has a mad ground game. Well, that's like judo. But she couldn't, she couldn't take Holly I don't know about down. her knee was, right. but her ran So what makes right? you think Misha Tate's going to be able to take her down? I think Misha's better on the ground. I mean, obviously she got caught in an arm bar before, but... Look, Doug, judo is the number one thing at taking people down. Next to, like... Wrestling, and so she. If, if which I would argue that like, if you a clinch judo is significantly more uh, likely to happen. Like once you've clinched uh-huh. and you know judo is, is the takedown is way more likely to happen than if you know wrestling and you're shooting in. Right. Like how many times do we see people shoot in, take a single leg, pinch it between their legs, and it never go mm. anywhere? Right, and it's because it's so. Uh, uh, you might as well be telegraphing it two days before. Yeah, unless you're going to do like a blast double or mm-hmm. like whenever you catch that single leg, you're going to drop in and catch the other ankle or you're going to, you know, maybe take the back afterwards. But like everybody knows a single leg. Right, and you yeah, see it and coming. And I think if, if Ronda didn't get tagged so early in that fight, she that probably would have happened. But you saw when she tried to clinch, she was, she was already – she was gone. She, she wasn't yeah. there. Yeah, it wasn't um, happening. So if Misha, like a, can, Misha can avoid that big shot and get her to the ground, I think Holly could be in a lot of trouble. But what I'm saying Holly's is, like, Holly fights, has had to have been training for the ground game. You know what I'm saying? Like, she knows what's coming. I, I think she's ready <coughs> for it. I think she's fucking ready for it. I'm interested to see. I, I just think, um, you know, Misha Misha's pretty tough. She, I think she's you – know, she might be tougher than Ronda, I think. Well, if Ronda beat Misha's ass a couple times. Yeah, you know, yeah, arm, but, arm bar, quick arm bars. Yeah. It's like... You can't just do... Do you know how hard it is to get into an arm bar? It's hard to isolate an arm. Look, yeah, and, and especially when, and when someone's allowed to punch you while you're doing it. And if you... If, if Holly couldn't take Ronda down... If Ronda couldn't... Sorry, if Ronda could not take Holly down, Misha's not taking Holly down. Well, she got to remember she was tagged, though. You know... That happened so she got she was out of it so early in that fight. How early has Ronda taken everybody down? Yeah, yeah, that's that's true. But I, that's what I'm saying. If Misha can avoid it, I think she can get her down. We're talking about ifs, ands, or buts. I don't think yeah, Holly's that's the kind of show like uh, Jason Lawler versus Rory McDonald, right? Mm-hmm. It was the Ro- same Robbie, card. Robbie Lawler. Yeah. Robbie Lawler. Sorry, what did I say? Jason. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Yeah, Robert Waller, <laughs> Rory McDonald. It was the same card as the uh, Chad Mendes-McGregor fight, right? Yeah. Apparently, like, yes. <laughs> Apparently, he broke his nose, like, really quickly into the first round, right? And so Rory was saying, like, well, I couldn't fucking breathe. Well, you got your, you got hit. You got hit. That's it's, what it's, happened. It's, right. Yeah. It's the same thing like what you were saying about, like, uh, Ronda trying to take her down. And she's like, oh, I got tagged. Well, you got fucking tagged. Yeah, and so she deserved to lose. But that's why I think if you can avoid that and get her to the ground, you're in a much better place. Right. So because what takedown do you Holly's think Misha would... I'm sorry, go ahead. Well, I'm not very good in um, in uh, fundamentals of takedowns, but it, from watching her previous fight, she really struggled. It's like she, 
I don't know, that, that Ronda fight just seemed like the perfect storm of Ronda kind of having too much going on and and the traveling, and it was just like the perfect storm. So what takedown do you think Misha uh, could or is uh, going to catch Holly with? That's what he's saying. He said... I, I, I couldn't tell you that much. I'm oh, not, I understand. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I don't know, dog. I'm, I'm just free-balling here. I'm just... Yeah. <laughs> Well, the only and I asked like ignorantly because I don't know a lot about Misha Tate. Like maybe she's got a nasty something or other. You know, I don't know what her statistics are for her her takedowns attempted versus catch. You know. Yeah, I don't know either. We're just kind of bullshit. We're bullshit <laughs> on Misha Tate here. That's why sports are fun, though. That's all I do. Dude, and this is the only sport that I can even closely pay attention to. All right, dude. I, I, honestly. I don't know. I I really think that uh, Holly Holly's gonna win this fight. It's it's not even it's not even gonna be a big fight. No, that that would be disappointing. It's gonna be uncomfortably quick. I think it's gonna be inside the first round. It won't be like they're not gonna ring the bell and somebody's gonna get knocked out. It's they're they're gonna ring the bell. It, we're all gonna get excited, and then all of a sudden, halfway through the first round, we're realizing that Misha's just getting her ass beat. And Do you then, think it'll at least go three three rounds? No, I think it's gonna be inside the first round. Ah oh, man. And I think by the end of the first round, she's just going to be, she will, she'll be knocked out or TKO'd. I, I, I guarantee you, she'll be in a position where she's just getting her ass beat. And Herb Dean, whoever the fuck's watching the fight, is going to be like, you cannot defend yourself. This shit's done. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that's going to happen, yeah, inside the first round. I think that'll happen. So, speaking of refs, did you watch the Michael Bisping Anderson Silva? I didn't watch it. I saw some highlights, and I heard some of the controversy. Yeah, like, what the hell was going on there? Like, Let me hear. Let me hear, Hefe. Bisping, Bisping lost his mouthpiece and then was, like, trying to stop the fight. But then he got kneed in the head. There was no stop. It just seemed like it should have been a knockout to me. Wait, like, explain more. Explain more. Because I didn't get to see the fight, and when you don't get to see the fight live as it happens, it's very hard to find it. You only find highlights. And what other people say. So I want to hear play-by-play. Well, basically, uh, they they have an exchange. And during an exchange, Bisping loses his mouthpiece. So then they kind of get into a clench. They're exchanging blows. And during that, Bisping kind of, like, stops and looks at the ref and, like, points at his mouthpiece. Oh, I dropped my fucking mouthpiece. And the, the ref picked it up but didn't do anything, didn't stop them. And right after that, um, Anderson hits him with a flying knee and just drops him cold. And Anderson goes to jump over and jump on him, and then right then is when the bell rings, the end of the round. And Anderson thinks the fight's over. He jumps on top of the cage, he's celebrating, and I think it was Herb Dean, actually. And he keeps, I didn't stop the fight, I didn't stop the right. fight, I didn't stop the fight, I didn't stop the fight. Everyone's coming into the ring, it's like the fight's over, everyone thinks it's over. But then he's like, they have to get everyone out the ring. Like, nope, the fight's not over. And then Bisping ends up winning in a decision. Right. Yeah. Fuck. So right. weird. I gotta, I gotta see the video of him getting knocked out because there are certain types of times. Like, did his knees straight buckle? Yes. He right. dropped. He dropped cold. And was kind of saved by the bell. 
Right, because there are certain things, there are certain times uh, when when people have been dropped, and then someone jumps on top of them to to finish because that's what you're taught to do. You got to jump on top, you got to finish, and you got to keep going until until the ref says something, right? Right. So that's that's what never officially happened. That's what never officially happened. Never came in and separated and said, "No, it's over." So, if that. If it was a, a, a knockout that was in a nature where he was able to come to quick enough to, to, to defend himself before the ref got there, who knows? I mean, I, I again, I didn't, I haven't seen it. I couldn't tell you, but I trust. I mean, was it was it, was, it, Herb, was it Herb Dean? I'm, I'm it pretty Big sure. John McCarthy. No, I'm pretty sure it was Herb Dean. Which yeah, you know, you know, I trust him. I trust Herb, dude. Herb's called fights. <laughs> Every fight I've seen him call, I trusted every single one he's done. Right. And so if he thought... The but way it kind of seemed like with the mouthpiece thing, like he was kind of like letting it go because he didn't stop it with when he was wanted his mouth you know, The whole situation was very strange. Not to mention, though, you also look at the decision was kind of questionable, too, because if you watch the whole fight, it, you know, Anderson beat him up pretty good. Well... T.J. Dillashaw, most recent fight that went to the decision that was, like, really disappointing for me. Mm-hmm. And T.J. Dillashaw straight up said, I shouldn't let it go to the decision. Yeah. You never leave yeah, it in the hands, that's... Of, hands of the judges. Don't leave it in the hands of some people who have never taken a punch in the mouth. Yep. Boom! Exactly. A bunch of old cocksuckers in purple coats. And so, like, if T.J. Dillashaw is willing to say, I lost, I'm mad about it, but it's my fault because I didn't knock him out. Then that's how civil should feel. Feel. I know he made like um, some controversy remarks and like some uh, corruption remarks. Man, he left it in the hands. Left it in the hands of the fucking judges, man. I don't know. I'm very excited about tomorrow night. Are you? Are you watching the fight? Uh, you're gonna watch the fight, Jeff? Yes, of course. Oh my man. I, I have a pretty big day. I'm going to the the WGC, the World Golf Championship at <clears throat> Doral in Miami. That's Trump's golf course, you know, future president. Maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe he'll be there. I'll get to throw some egg at him or something. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see how that works. All right. <laughs> but I'm going straight from from that to finding somewhere to watch the UFC. So it should be a eventful day. Where do you live in Florida? Uh, I live just west of Fort Lauderdale. No oh, man, that's like three or four hours away from us. It's not bad, dude. He's yeah. he's Hefe's good people, dog. Yeah, I was gonna say. Hey! Oh, come on, Merlin. Me and Hefe. What's up, buddy? We hiked the trail from Damascus, which is about just under 500 miles in, until the end. We summited together. So he's a he's a great dude. He's fun to talk to, and uh, he's taught me a lot about different shit. And I love him. I think me and Isaiah have talked about everything that's possible to be talked about. Honestly, I don't even think there was a stone unturned on this podcast think... that we haven't heard anybody. I mean, shit, when you're when you're when you're walking fifteen hundred miles, there's a lot of things to cover. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, you're sitting there walking, and you just you have nothing else. It's either you're listening to some other person's podcast, or you're just talking to each other. What are you gonna do? Yeah, or you're you're really stoned and talking about the consciousness of trees. I did that. Yeah, that's reality. <laughs> that's reality. I did uh, that. That's, I was talking. Yeah. I was like, "Hey, man, trees might be conscious. They're just in a different dimension of time." Yeah. And some of the guy walked by. He's like, "What? <laughs> Keep talking yeah. about trees, bro." Yeah, that was a funny day. 
So if I understand correctly, we all agree that Nate Diaz is going to submit Conor McGregor <laughs> in the second round. I, that's what I got from this. That's what I got. Uh, from maybe this. you two agree. Uh, that's what I want. Actually, Isaiah, I, I know you're trying to cut this off real quick, but I just want to say, Nah, son, I'm not trying. <laughs> you said a long time ago that I still do what you used to do, Uh-oh. and that was I choose fights with my heart. <laughs> you can't choose heart. You can't choose with your heart. It's only going to be Isaiah's heart's been broken too many times. Your heart's going to be broken, son. You can't. If you, Jeff, let me tell you something. If you choose a fight with your heart, you're going to be disappointed every time. Every time the person you love, the person you like because of their personality, because they're a better fighter, because they've inspired you in some way, that person's face is going to get smushed. Hey, listen. <laughs> listen. Listen, I don't know. I know, Isaiah, you don't know a lot about, about major sports. I'm not sure about Justin, but I'm from Philadelphia, so that's oh, like that's like our, our motto. You know, your love getting their face smashed in is like our whole, my my whole Philly, existence so in Philadelphia like sports. Eagles and fires are nothing. Right. Eagles and fires are nothing. Yeah, that's right. The, specifically the Eagles. They they get <laughs> right. to the top right. and they just rip your heart out every year. You know, it's like... Yeah, dude. So. If you get your heart involved in, in, in the fight, in the sport, you're just going to be disappointed. Like, I mean, I learned it the hard way. I, I, I saw... Honestly, I should have taken the lesson from the very first UFC I've ever watched. All right, the very first UFC I ever watched. I I started jujitsu maybe five six months before that, and because I started jujitsu, I was a, I was like I you know you know Hoist Gracie you're in Brazilian jujitsu like oh fuck yeah Hoist Gracie. Right at that time was when he was when uh, he was gonna fight Matt Hughes right. My heart is on the line. I'm. I'm like, Hoist Gracie's about to beat the shit out of Matt Hughes. Dog, I couldn't be more wrong. <laughs> Matt, <laughs> Matt Hughes made Hoist Gracie look like he didn't know what he was doing in there, man. He grabbed his back and he punched him in the head until the ref called it. And it was done. And I was so upset. I should have learned my lesson then, but I didn't. And I, took, I, I, I kept going through all the way. Shane Carwin... Um, lost to Brock Lesnar. Fucking right. A, Shane Carwin. I love the guy. He was so awesome. Fedor, dude. I don't think you understand how much I, I love Fedor. and I respect Fedor. Fedor. When I see him lose, oh, God. This doesn't I, even seem possible. It doesn't seem possible. The last emperor falling? No, nah, it doesn't matter. It's the it's bullshit, dog. So now, from forevermore, I watch very anal- analytically. The best way I've predicted fights is you can look at all the stats, you look at the betting odds, betting odds are pretty good, right? They're usually pretty on. Everyone's got a puncher's chance, but the best thing to do, I've just personally looking at it is, uh, and, and this is aside from comparing fighting styles, all this kind of stuff, you just have to assume both fighters are have, have put the same amount of time into the gym, right? So then it comes down to the mental game. So watching the weigh-ins, Watching the most recent interviews, we're talking the interviews just before weigh-ins, all those kind of things when they ask the the, the hard, edgy questions. Do you remember? Uh, uh, so when Chris Weidman fought Luke Rockhold on the same card as McGregor versus mm-hmm. uh, Jose, it was a Dude, great fight. It was a great fight. But if you watch the the those are like the last interviews, like they played them right before the card started. They yeah. kept playing it. You can just tell the way 
Weidman. that Weidman was yeah. answering the questions like, dog, you've lost the fight. Yep. You're done. You're totally right. You just we told us that, that you lost the fight. We were here when we were watching it. Oh, you exactly. were here? Yes. Yeah, we watched it together. And I was telling you, I was like, dude, you've lost the fight. You're telling everyone right here that you just lost the fight. He's mm-hmm. like, oh, he's got a chance. All right, you lost. You're done. Yep. You're done. Because Luke, Luke Rockhold wearing a Reebok hoodie like, fuck any motherfucker who comes to me. I'm the best. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But to be honest, they're at the exact same skill level. Like they have it, so then it comes down to the mental game. I yeah, think it's really self self belief and confidence yeah. just goes so think- far. That's why Connor is so amazing. Right. Again, so judging off, look, you have Jose Aldo versus Conor McGregor. Jose Aldo is a king. He has he's the only person that's held the belt in that weight division since it's been created. Conor McGregor came in with a confidence as big as an elephant dick, dog. We didn't come to take part. We, we came, came to, to take, take over. over. <laughs> we came to take the fuck over. And he did. He's doing it right now. So I don't know. I'm going to watch some of the last. Same thing with Misha Tate and Holly Holmes. Watch some of the last interviews. Watch the weigh-ins. Make my bets. And honestly, dude, if Joe Rogan starts releasing his predictions, his fight prediction, apparently his fight predictions are like 80% plus. Which yeah, he, he gives his picks to um, Aubrey Marcus, who bets the fights all based on his picks. Are and you apparently, serious? Apparently, he rakes it in. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I don't blame him. Oh, man. I'll take him. A man that sat there and called every fight? I think he's going to know. <laughs> and he watches every every form of MMA, you know, mm-hmm. from... He's watching Bellator. He's watching all yeah, of that. Just, Straight Eddie Bravo Invitational Abu Dhabi. He's he's watching it all. Mm-hmm. Dude, did you watch the last Bellator fights? I don't want to talk about that. What the hell was that? That was an embarrassment. Well, dude, it, I remember. I guess it was um, uh, um, Joe Rogan tweeted during that fight. He said, "This is the worst fight I've ever seen," and he's seen them all. Well, what about <laughs> what about Risen? Did you see, like, Gabby Garcia? No. Oh, so Risen is this new Japanese MMA. Yeah, right? it's supposed like, to be like a pride resolution. Um, Sakuraba fought. Yes. Uh, Fedor fought. Uh-huh. Right? Yeah. The, Fedor's whole team fought. Oh, my God. Watching, so, like, Gabby Garcia, absolute BJJ champion, like, absolute meaning weight class, of course, and uh, she gets in the ring and it was the most embarrassing striking I've ever seen in my life. I was like, you prepared for a fight? It was it was bad. Watch it, please. It's and worse it than cringed. Kimbo? No, it was, it was terrible. It was worse than Kimbo. Was the knockout him running in a circle? Was, was her running in a circle <laughs> around the ring and just laying down? <laughs> not quite. Not quite, but it was pretty bad. No, it was just like... You could tell that she'd been training, but I don't think she was ready to get hit. Because you can see right away her... You can... Like Brock Lesnar. You saw his face. He was like, huh? Uh, I don't like getting hit, dog. I don't like this. <laughs> I trained, yeah, but was, I didn't train for this. It was bad. See that? You... <laughs> oh, man. Well, dude. I'm very excited. Um, uh, 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 Jeff. There is... Uh, I'm pretty sure... I am going to be going to see my first live fight. Uh, UFC? Yeah. Where at? In Tampa. Sweet. Dude, it's... And not only that, but it's my... 
uh, the headlining fight is my favorite fighter right now. Nurmagomedov. Oh. Never <laughs> That's right. Khabib Nurmagomedov. That's the one. So <laughs> when is this fight? It's in April. It, April. It's, April. Uh, I'm not. I don't remember the date specifically. I think it's like 16th or something, or maybe a little bit later. But it's Habib Nurmagomedov, or uh, Justin says it, Nurmagomedov. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's the one. I love him. It's Habib versus Tony Ferguson, right? Mm-hmm. And on the same card, we have Machida, right? We have uh, Rashad. We have Hua. What do you want? Me- Dude, there's so many fights on this card. Like, there's so many people fighting on this card that are just, it, they're old school fucking badass people. And of course, Habib, who is who right carries motherfuckers across the ring, across the ring for no reason, dude. He is. Have you seen? Have you seen Habib Nurmagomedov fight? Yeah, he's insane. He's a mad dog. He's the Mike Tyson of UFC right now. It, it may be worth a three-hour drive, dude. It, honestly, it might be. I don't. Again, I don't know how much the tickets are. It's it's in Tampa. I'm so surprised that it's even happening, and. Uh, my 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 best friend's dad is um, is buying us the ticket, so I don't even want to look at it. But we've been since I've started watching UFC, I've been watching it with him and his dad. We all kind of started watching it together, and this will be the three of us. It'll be our first live fight together. So if uh, it's going to be kind of his treat, but I'm afraid to look at the tickets because I know I know like it's not a numbered UFC, but I know the numbered UFCs are pretty fucking expensive. And, yeah, uh, I, so. I went to um, UFC 133 and got to see Rashad destroy Tito Ortiz. Ooh, dog! Nice! How much were yeah. the tickets then? Uh, I bought them off Craigslist, and they were really good seats, and they were only 140 bucks. Dang, dog. So it really wasn't, and it really, like, the UFC is such an event. It's like, an, like you could get there if you wanted to at 5 o'clock and start really watching, the, watching the prelims. Mm-hmm. Really, you can be there all day. Yeah, and honestly, so $140, and they were really good seats? Yeah, I, I actually high five Dana White. Fuck you, dog. How much did you did you happen to look out look up what the ticket prices were, um, like actually? I'm not. No, I don't remember. Like not. Like scouts off of face value. Like I forget what face value was. Like. I think they're upwards. Of like they're closer to like three hundred bucks, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Probably. So that's a numbered UFC. So so whatever these these prices are, honestly. I don't want to look at it, but dude, it's uh, it's in March. Or not sorry, it's not in March. It's in April, and uh, this uh, dude to see. It's the first time Habib's fighting in over a year. Over a year. He announced his retirement. He even said he might be retiring. He's coming back. He also said in his last interview, he he's predicting three Russian champions. Holding be- uh, three Russians holding belts by the end of this year. Gotta hope in so. UFC. I could see that. I'd be so happy. How about just real quick? Let's talk about the upset last year. What was it like? Six out of the nine divisions had oh, an wow. upset over there. Yeah, right? dog. All the belts. Yeah, nine, the belts. yeah six out of oh, nine divisions. On. The belts changed changed hands last year. Something like that. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. John John Jones wasn't fair though. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's always gonna be he, my hero. He hasn't been. <laughs> I love him. Been beat. Even though he lost his belt. He still hasn't been beat, you're right. He's coming back, though. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, like, McGregor's great. There's a lot of great fighters. But if I had to have, like, a GOAT, it would be between Jose Aldo and John Bones. Like, Mm -hmm. they would be my GOATs. 
Can you define GOAT for me? Uh, greatest of all time. Mm. I like it. Pound yeah. for pound, greatest of all time. GOAT. I like it. All right. Fedor. He's <laughs> <laughs> uh, third for me. What? No, I just wanted you to strike me. I just wanted you to get mad. Hell yeah. Dude, you know what? I think this is a perfect time to wrap this shit up. Did you have fun, Jeff? It was my pleasure. Anytime I get to talk to the, the savage Isaiah Cooper. Ah, you say it too is much. Quite a treat. Fuck you. No, he's right. <laughs> he's right. Dude, <laughs> check it out. So, I'm pretty excited about the. Um, I don't know. Uh, I really want to get some fun guests on here. You guys are some awesome fucking guests. And uh, you'll always be invited. You're always welcome. Always. And honestly, whenever I have somebody on that I don't even know who they are or what's going on, I gotta have I gotta have someone like the two of you's in my corner to be able to pick up slack with a question or two. You know, <laughs> please help me out. But um, yeah. So thank you, Justin. You're welcome. No, also thank you though. No, thank you. No, no, I said it. No, second. thank you. I said it second. All right, dog. let's get to Jeff. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you, Jeff. You're welcome. You're welcome, sirs. Hell yeah. You gonna be coming nice back? To formally meet you, Jeff. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. All right, guys. Everyone, be easy and enjoy the fights. Uh, you'll, you might listen to this when the fights have already happened. It doesn't matter. And but... in that case, congratulations, Nate Diaz. Uh, in that case, congratulations, <laughs> probably Conor McGregor. And fuck yeah, I want a ton of money on Misha Tate. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> all right, all right. We'll find out. All right. Take it easy, everybody.